What's up, guys? And welcome back to the Black Health Academy podcast. I'm Lise Smith, joined as always by my super dope co-host, Miss Gibbs Fit with Jay. We are back with another episode, extending the life of the culture one episode at a time. Uh, this is going to be a bit of a unique episode as we're going to jump right into the topic this week, mostly because, you know, the culture once again has been hit hard mm-hmm. um, with the loss of literally a hero, mm-hmm. um, Chadwick Boseman. And we want to actually deep dive today into cancer. Um, most of us have experienced uh, or had a run in with cancer one way or another, whether it be ourselves personally or someone we love. And so we actually want to take a moment on the Black Health Academy to talk about cancer. What is it? Different forms and some of the things you can expect, some things you may not expect um, and how to navigate it if you or someone you love are diagnosed. But first, wait, wait what? <laughs> wait, what is our segment where we identify something we saw, heard, or experienced in the last week that made us go, wait, wait what? what? So, Jay, uh, I was recently called to be booked for a speaking engagement by a gentleman um, in Michigan, a pastor of a church. And he and I were just chatting and he told me about this pastor in Mississippi who did something unique in his church um, in order to make health more part of the church culture. Okay. Now, you know, historically in black churches, what type of food is on the menu? Soulful kind of like fried chicken, uh, spaghetti, things yep. of that nature. Yeah, absolutely. And so it's off, it's even a running joke that when right. somebody passes in the church, mm-hmm. we have, you know, um, the services and at the services, we be food that kill you. If, if it's not only food that kill you, sometimes it's food that killed the person who died. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like uh-huh. someone so died of a heart attack, a stroke, and we know, you know, heart disease, those conditions, high blood pressure, high cholesterol are definitely, definitely, um, partly caused by diet, mostly caused by diet. Well, he was telling me about this guy in Mississippi. And this is pretty old. Now, this is he did this maybe back in 2013, but it was new to me. I had just heard, so I figured most people hadn't <laughs> heard it. Uh, but really quickly, Dr. Michael Miner first became pastor at Oak Hill Missionary Baptist Church in Hernando, Mississippi in 1996. When he did, he discovered a population overcome by an epidemic of obesity. He said, it was so bad, I was having a funeral every weekend. Miner took dramatic action for a Southern preacher, banning fried chicken at church potlucks and setting up a walking track around the church perimeter. So he banned fried chicken in the church potlucks. They don't serve fried chicken and nobody's allowed fried chicken. Like we don't eat fried chicken at this church. Mm-hmm. Now, you would think, and I got to do an up to date <laughs> to see if he's still around. Oh, yeah. Because you would think that might have ran. Oh, they probably the, took him out. <laughs> the church what you're not going to do. Listen. <laughs> But foolishness. He banned fried chicken in the church. As he should have. Jay. Somebody got to do it. <laughs> Somebody had to say it. Somebody had to say it. <laughs> it must be said. <laughs> he said we are obese. And what why I find it even more fascinating, because you know Mississippi for years yes. has been at least in the top three as one of the most obese. And it's states. almost a source of pride, that type of food. Who yes. has the best recipe, Fratchy. who has, you know, Absolutely. and then, you know, a, a thicker shape. For women, is is glorified. That's so right. that's right. Yes, for yeah. him to come and say enough is enough. I'm put. I'm personally. 
personally putting the stamp on it that it's finished. It's okay. done. It's done. No more fried <laughs> my chicken watch. in the church. Listen, I don't know how many people. <laughs> see, people say they go to church for the word. Oh, yeah. But you really get tested when mm -hmm. pastors say ain't no more chicken up in here. Oh, yeah. Your faith. Your faith. <laughs> <laughs> Your faith has been tested. They said the Lord attest you. You say you love them. You say you prove it. Prove, prove it. it. Keep Let's coming say. to church when the pastor them banned chick. <laughs> Your faith funny. will be tested Man. in the most mysterious of ways. <laughs> Shout out to pastor. Yeah, not yeah. You know, check on his well being, though. especially in Mississippi. Like now, been the uh, fried chicken in the church in California. Not that impressive. No, nah. Mississippi. No, nah, they was hoping you banned it. Actually, you hear me? You hear me? I ain't going to that church. They got fried chicken, but Mississippi. Uh, so I thought that was not only funny, but you know, really, really commendable. Honestly, um, and I wish more leaders, yeah. you know, in our community, um, did things like that too, and and you know, encourage their their flock, their constituents, right to be more healthy because he said no fried chicken and there's a walking track around here for y'all to use and this was right when Obamacare came out and so he also did a whole campaign to get people signed up for Obamacare so much so that they sent him an Obamacare representative wow to the church to help because he he created such a huge campaign behind it so I want to commend not only this pastor in Mississippi, but also the pastor that called me to hire me to come out mm -hmm. and speak at his church about health. And, and I have to commend because the reason this guy called me to speak is because he saw me speaking at somebody else's church. Mm -hmm. So I just want to, for a minute, acknowledge black churches because oftentimes, you know, black churches are criticized mm -hmm. for not creating a cultural wellness, you mm -hmm. know, in the church. And, and lately I've been booked for a lot of churches. I got one coming up in September. They booked me for a three-part series. Then I got this guy, then the, the other guy who the reach church that I was on in, in Ypsilanti. And so, um, we have, we, we do a lot with, you know, criticizing our own people and our own institutions and our community. Mm -hmm. um, but this is the Black Health Academy. And I wanted to take a minute to acknowledge a lot of the local churches who are making health a huge part um, of their teachings and, and at the at the church. And so that's my way what I thought it was super dope. Um, yeah, it is dope. So my way what is uh, the opposite of your way what? Mm. So a mutual friend. only had fried chicken at the church. <laughs> right, 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 right. The doors are open. <laughs> the doors. <laughs> oh. So a mutual friend of ours who ha has um, always had health issues um, mm -hmm. just recently went to the doctor with a lot, a lot of stomach pain. Mm -hmm. Like um, just, just every time she ate, just a digestive issues, just. Stomach hurting, mm -hmm. really, really bad. Mm -hmm. So she went to the doctor, and the doctor told her, <clears throat> here's what I need you to do. Eat McDonald's a solid week straight, nothing else, and come back so we can see how you feel after that. Take your mic off. Because <laughs> I'm lying. Take your mic because <laughs> you're lying. And these people listen to this podcast for truth, honesty, and integrity. <laughs> And Eat you done violated all Mc three. Mickey D's for a solid week straight. That ain't the way it was. That ain't the part that behooves me. <laughs> what behooved you was. What behooved me was. This woman does not eat McDonald's. I don't know. I don't want to say the name, but told her, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't listen to that. 
She did it. Wait, wait, what? Okay, so wait, mutual okay. friend. So the, the, she went to the doctor with stomach pain. Yeah. The doctor said, oh, wait, we're going to get to the bottom of the stomach pain. Eat McDonald's a whole solid week straight. Eat McDonald's a solid week, come back. Mm-hmm. Now, another mutual friend of ours who's a friend of hers said, don't do it. Don't do it. That's she foolishness. She didn't listen. She didn't she do it. She said, my doctor said. My doctor said. And so she went and ate the McDonald's for a week. She did. Continue with the weight what? <clears throat> she felt like crap. Like she wanted to die. I'm waiting for the weight what? We all know that. that. It's McDonald's. The weight what is he told her that and the weight what is she listen? I don't know what's the bigger weight what? The fact that he told her. Or you... You doctors tell people stuff literally all the time. That's eat like, McDonald's. What? That's the way what for me. The fact oh, that she did it is not the way what. Wow, I, I I was I was behooved on both ends. Why would you? Well, you, is this person somebody who's a, usually into their health and a little more like no? Okay, so this is exactly what the doctor says. Uh, and most people time. do, Jay. Most people do. I thought for some reason I thought there was a, a line that was drawn. Even when you listen to your doctor. You're going to tell a person, even if you're not like us, like, no, I'm going to hear what you say, but I'm, I know that that's not what I'm going to do because it doesn't no. make sense. Mm -mm. I, I know there's a more holistic approach to whatever it is. No. I, I knew it wasn't that. I knew. Oh, okay. I, I just didn't know that there was never going to be a line that was drawn. I didn't know that a, a doctor could tell you, eat McDonald's a week straight and you did that. That is absolute foolishness. It's insane. Not to mention, of course she's going to have stomach pain after eating McDonald's. I can't believe it. What are you trying to prove with this? I can't believe it. What are you trying? What angle are you trying to see with this? What does that even mean? Why would you tell someone that? Fast food genocide. Oh my god! I just was out. like the stress of it all. <clears throat> this is unbelievable to me. Yeah, that so happened. She, okay, so has she been back to the doctor since she? Ate I didn't McDonald's get a follow up. I didn't need, get a follow. We need a follow up to this. Okay. Yeah, because like you said, what are you trying to prove? I had stomach pain before eating McDonald's. I ate the McDonald's for a week straight. I still have stomach pain, Doc. What's the prognosis? They don't. All right. So, and that's why we need, that's why this topic is so important. I can't believe it. Go eat carcinogens, stuff that causes cancer for a week straight. For a week straight. And when come really back. I just might have a gluten sensitivity. My stomach pain could be just something way more mild, diverticulitis. It could be some way more mild, and, and, but let's increase my chances of cancer while we're trying to get to the bottom. Of and the because I'm black, you probably already assume I'm eating McDonald's on a regular anyway. Right. So he probably what he wanted to say is do what you already do. Yeah, just eat an abundance of yeah, it. Yeah, don't skip a day and think you deserve a salad on Wednesday. Mm -hmm. And then we'll and we'll check back. I, I said, wow, Lord. Yeah. So the just like that uh, comedian said, how do you think they make McDonald's meat? For 99 cents. They stretch it out with a little cancer. <laughs> <laughs> All facts. All facts. There's no way. When we go get our food, when we pay for fast food, plant-based fast food, not only is it higher because they're, make, they're, they're charging us for the simple fact that it doesn't have a long shelf life. Yes. So yes. We, we have to wrap this up. We want the our money back, basically, because we can't keep this. And freeze we gotta this. move this product. We, yeah, right? we have to move this product, and that's yep. that's primarily the reason why we're um, we're paying more because they don't have all those preservatives. They can't keep it on the shelf or in the freezer for for six, seven, nine, sometimes Facts. even years. That's right, that's right. And that when that fast food that you know people are eating, like you said, Jay, not only does it have a forever shelf life, 
you know, just know that your body is not sophisticated enough to break it down. So the shelf life continues inside of you. Exactly. It's not just like outside your body. Then when you eat it. Oh, I know what to do with these preservatives. No, No, it does not know what to do. No, these are foreign objects. Yeah. So that was all. I was, I was floored. I can't. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. And this can just lead right into our topic. Yeah. People, we've been marching. We've been protesting. We've been been doing i mean speaking out against racism we've been educating ourselves and others on it but for some reason people think that the police can be racist or the karens can be racist but they think for some reason that these doctors uphold this high level of integrity and it won't spill over Mm -hmm. into Mm -hmm. the doctor's office they they took this i mean police took a a vow they sure did they sure did they, they were sworn they in as well. To wear body cams. Let's make the doctors wear body cams. Man. Oh, do you think anything would change? I don't think so. Because for someone to hear eat McDonald's for a week and nothing registers, people probably won't even see most things that we see as a problem a problem. Oh, oh, 100%. So we would then have to take those body cams and then start doing. Um, Speaking engagements, and, or, you know what I mean? Live Zoom call. Everyone, let's break down why this is a problem. Yes, absolutely. Because you, you yeah. don't recognize why this is wrong. Big facts. You know, just, I just recently went to the doctor for my iron. And, I, it, you know, I believe I told you, he, he saw my age, 42. Mm-hmm. And he said, are you um, on any medications? I said, no. Um, do you have any, um, what do you call that, um, not underlying medical issues, pre-existing conditions. Mm-hmm. I said, no. He swiveled his chair around and said, you don't have any. Oh, that's the point. He looked at you. Oh, yeah. Like, I see you black. I see you're 42. You, you claim you're not on medicine. And now you're saying you don't have any pre-existing conditions. I said, no, I don't. They ex- their expectation, Absolutely. the bar is set so low. Absolutely. So naturally, when we come into their office saying that we have breast cancer, we have prostate cancer we have all these different kinds of cancers i don't even think their treatment is set up for us to survive because you don't even expect us to survive without it absolutely why am i getting so mad boy these topics get you so fired up no you should be i mean if you don't even expect us to to really be out here surviving without cancer why would you give me optimal treatment once i do have it you're giving me things to to keep me basically to spend some money for a, a short period of time yep. before they lay me to rest, basically, is yep. what you're doing. I don't believe we have the same chance. You already know that we, um, the death rate is much higher mm-hmm. for African Americans. And why is that? So you've, you've given up on me by the time I walk into your office. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. You don't, you don't have expectations to fight for my life, and you don't no, have expectations none. that I will fight for my none. life. None. And on top of that, you don't value my family. You know how you see. I just saw a poster and I just got so mad. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a it was a beautiful little white girl, um, big eyes, probably blue or green, nice curly blonde hair, cutest thing. Um, and the billboard said, um, "Please don't drive high or something like that and protect this beautiful angel or something like that." Yeah. And I know everybody's like, oh, you know, and and even I was like, she's pretty, but I still got mad because it's like, <clears throat> why is that the representation in Detroit? Mm-hmm. It was it for Detroit? Yeah, it was in Detroit. 
Why? Why is that the where are we represented that our lives are valuable? Wow. And the mm. billboards I see in Detroit driving, um, I think it's up 75. Um, where it says, you know, 85% of the deaths from COVID are people of color mm -hmm. and Latino people. There's a couple billboards <laughs> driving right up 75, like, just a reminder. You know what I mean? And then they, they're saying because of underlying pre-existing conditions. I don't buy that. I do believe a lot of them are from underlying and pre-existing uh, pre conditions. But I believe other people, other races have underlying and pre-existing pre-existing conditions but we do but you're have, fighting harder for them i just believe that yeah you're fighting harder for them to live we do have the uh, higher instances of the high blood pressure yeah high cholesterol the type 2 diabetes yes. obesity right um but you're right there's several issues one of the main issues is even the hospitals in urban areas are less equipped oh yeah you know mm -hmm. what i mean there's so many other issues like yeah i had the pre-existing condition Yes, I got COVID, but once that those things happen, so that also happened to, you know, Karen, right? Yeah. She had the pre-existing condition. She got COVID. But after that, the chances of us surviving this thing, mine was way less because of external factors that were outside of my control. Absolutely. Because you, uh, my sister is a nurse and she worked in a primary, it was, it was kind of, um, 50, 50. It was in Dearborn. It was half black. Half Arabic, right? Yeah. So in the last, I think maybe three or four years, when did she? When did me to go to U of M? It's been a couple of years. It's been a year. She said, "Jay, I didn't even know I could sit down on my shift. I didn't even know there was a such thing as being properly staffed." She didn't even know. She can't believe. And I remember that because I used to try to tell her to eat healthy. She said, "I don't get to eat lunch. Whatever I eat has to be like in my pocket or something. I can just eat on the go. I work my entire shift." That's insane. And nurse shifts be like, what, 10, 12 hours? 12. Yeah. That's insane. She went to U of M and realized there's a such thing as being properly staffed. And I can actually sit down at some point and eat a, a, a meal. That just made me sad. So our hospitals are understaffed. Yeah, for sure. They're the, the equipment and the access to resources. Mm -hmm. Like marginal compared to, you know, hospitals in higher socioeconomic neighborhoods. Yeah. I mean, you know, the New York Times just did an expose on this. I was listening to and they were talking about, you know, the urban hospitals that were treating COVID versus, you know, the more ones in the higher end neighborhoods. And it was like night and day. Absolutely. Night and day. Yeah. Anytime we're sick, she will she will leave work and come pick us up. If you don't have a ride, you're not going. You're coming here where I am wow. because I know because I see it firsthand. Yes. Yes. So. With that being said, <laughs> yeah, cancer. So, you know, when um, Chadwick, uh, when it was announced that he died recently of, of colon cancer after battling for over four years privately, you know, the um, CDC, um, no, excuse me, the American Cancer Society, their website got like literally millions of hits specifically mm -hmm. on colon cancer and everyone trying to see what's going on, what's what is colon cancer? How do you get it? What are the signs and symptoms of it? Mm -hmm. And just like most conditions, you know, people of color are have higher instances of colon cancer um, and typically worse outcomes. So even like with breast cancer, black people don't have higher instances of black 
of breast cancer, we're just more likely to die from mm-hmm. it, right? So the numbers vary across multiple types of cancer. But let's start off really basic, Jay. Um, we're going to do it. We, me and Jay were talking, and we were kind of shocked that we had never really talked about cancer because um, over the last couple Several months, I say six to eight months, you know, Jay, I've gotten a lot of clients and students who have been diagnosed with cancer or somebody they love been diagnosed with cancer. I had a really good friend and client who recently died of lung cancer. Um, rest in peace, Samoy. That messed me up. I cried. I couldn't believe it. Um, and cause she had reached out to me to help her with her nutrition. And so I was working with her and her husband. I was taking food over there and then he texted me one day and was like, she passed today. And I just, I was like, oh my God. And Samoy was younger than me. Um, I think Samoy might've been 28, 29, couple small kids married. Um, and it just tore me up. Me and her did an entrepreneur course together and just stayed in touch over the years. She was a beautiful spirit. And so, um, and then Fast forward, you know, I've had several students in the farm to table course who, you know, have gotten diagnosed with cancer while they're taking the course. And, you know, one of the silver linings I always put on that to them is like you were positioning yourself to fight this. Mm-hmm. Right. You have positioned yourself. You knew something needed to be done in your health. And there's is we know that there are no mistakes and everything on purpose. But the fact that you were in a plant based nutrition course when you got this diagnosis or somebody you love got this diagnosis. I've had so many students say, I'm so grateful that I've been learning this already. And now I at least feel a little more empowered and equipped yes. to take on this diagnosis. Yes. And so when we get to silver linings, that's one that we can look at, you know. But I want to start off just by defining cancer and then we can get into the rest of the stuff. You know, what exactly is cancer? Because it is. Believe it or not, it's actually not even in the top three causes of death in the country. It's just such a huge campaign around cancer Mm -hmm. that it seems like this Mm -hmm. is one of the top killers. But the number one killer in the U.S. um, is heart disease. And so cancer is not even in the top three. But um, cancer essentially is um, cells in your body that have um, went rogue. They've lost an electron and they're called free radicals. Um, and they have basically deformed and grown out of control to a point that sometimes it creates a tumor, sometimes it doesn't, depending mm-hmm. on the type of cancer, like blood cancer, for example, won't necessarily be a, a tumor to just be these rogue cancer cells in your blood. But cancer are these cells that have grown out of control. And typically, um, we, when we're diagnosed with cancer, uh, that's when they can see it. Mm-hmm. But the distinction I want to make right now is that it's not when you diagnose that you got it, mm-hmm. right? Cancer is in your body all the time, mm-hmm. right? But it's it's how we feed these cells, these free radicals mm-hmm. that determines whether or not they're going to metastasize. Metastasize means to grow or spread um, to a point where you're actually diagnosed with it. Right. So everybody listening to this right now, Even me and Jay, we all have cancer in our bodies, but our daily lifestyle habits, you know, even some genetics, um, your environment all plays a role in whether or not those cancer cells are going to metastasize or multiply by the trillion so Mm -hmm. that a machine at your doctor's office can now see it. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So these free radicals are typically combated. Well, we'll get to the dietary part later, but I want to define exactly what cancer is. Um, Jay, how do you define cancer for people? Pretty much the same way. Pretty much the same way. Cause I'm usually, I'm trying to encourage people to eat more, consume more antioxidants. And then I'll get into that explanation yeah. and then it goes from there, you know, yeah. neutralizing the free radicals and, um, 
just basically controlling that, controlling that, that cell mutation. Yes. So yeah, pretty much the same thing. Absolutely. And it's important to note that healthy cells in our body actually die off on their own. Yeah, but they don't die off rapidly enough. So we have to help them out, um, by neutralizing healthy cells. I'm talking about. Oh, okay. Healthy cells. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not cancer cells. I'm talking about the, the regular life process. Like if you're healthy and you have healthy cells, they um they only have they have a very short lifespan. Uh, apoptosis. So they die off on their own. Okay. I was thinking about the unhealthy ones. Okay. Yeah. And then um that's what's supposed to happen, but then if you have these mutated cells or these free radicals, they don't die off on their own. Um and they continue to live and scour your body and multiply depending on, like I said, your environment, your daily habits, your genetics, things like that. Um, but so a healthy cell is supposed to do its work, you know, um, and then die, but these do not. Um, okay. So that's exactly what cancer is. Now, real quickly, let's talk about different types of cancer. Okay. Yeah. Um, cause there's so many, uh, right. I was like, um, we're going to use the whole podcast no, for this. No. Um, when I think of cancer, I typically think of the most popular, I hate to use the word popular, yeah. but um, the one that I hear of more frequently, which is breast cancer, yeah. prostate cancer, colon cancer, lung cancer. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, naturally, I think of brain cancer because right. my mom had brain cancer. Yeah. Um, and those are usually, I mean, blood cancer, That's leukemia. Yeah. Um, yeah. Skin, skin cancer. Skin, you know, it's really it's, high survival rate for skin cancer. And, and I feel like that's not our problem. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's lower on the food chain. I, I feel like that. that's that's not our that's yeah, not our the battle. Sun ain't our enemy. No, no I, shout out to we can melanin. get it, but shout out to melanin. We got bigger fish to fry shout out, out here. Carbon. No disrespect to anyone who has known anyone who battled battled it or battled themselves, but we we typically aren't. We typically don't have the highest risk of skin cancer. Right. Yes. No, no, no doubt. I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, but yeah, I mean, those are a, a lot of the ones like you named, you know, there's so many different types of, um, um, of cancer. And I want to go over really quickly some, a little bit of the vocabulary around cancer. So, you know, if you, if a, so not all cancer creates tumors, right? There can be certain cancers, like for example, skin cancer and blood cancer, where it won't be a tumor, mm -hmm. right? But um, if there is like a tumor or a lump or mass discovered mm -hmm. in your body, often in times they'll do what's called a biopsy, right? And a biopsy is where they'll break off a piece of that mass and test it and see if it's mm -hmm. what we call malignant or benign. Mm -hmm. So malignant means it's cancerous, benign means it's not, mm -hmm. right? So for example, a tumor that plagues a lot of uh, black women is fibroids, mm -hmm. right? That's a tumor, but it's a tumor that is benign. It's mm -hmm. non-cancerous, right? So you have these lumps, these masses in your body um, that are benign. So if there's a lump or something discovered, usually leads to a biopsy to discover if it's benign or malignant. So there's that. Um, and then when, when that happens, what typically, um, and Jay, you could talk to this a little bit, maybe talk about your mom, but um, let's talk about the beginning when somebody is formally or officially diagnosed with cancer in the beginning, right? So they discover something, the test is done, and it's positive. You have cancer. It, it depends. It depends on the, um, the, the cancer mm -hmm. because some cancer accel accelerates really fast, right. progresses really fast. Right. Um, and it may be terminal mm -hmm. or some cancer 
it progresses slowly yeah. and it and, and it's not considered terminal. You may be in stage two, you may be in stage four. So I, I really can't speak on how and there's only four stages, right? Yeah. Okay. Stage five, you're not here anymore. Okay. You're past stage four. Okay. So they tested your positive. The next step is you to determine what stage it's in. And it determines if you're going to get the treatment. Some people say no to chemotherapy. Um, some people say no to radiation. Um, you may need both radiation and chemotherapy. Mm -hmm. um, it's so it's so broad. Yeah. And, and I want to be clear, too. What determines whether it's stage one, stage two versus stage four? If it has um, spread, yes, if it's spread. Absolutely. So, if so it's, right. If it's colon cancer and it's just still in the colon, it yeah. can be potentially stage one or stage right. two, which increases your chances for survival. Absolutely. Okay. Um, now, so they determine the stage and the stage is determined by whether or not it's spread right. or metastasized. Right. Um, and then after that, now we have to talk about potential treatment. treatment. Now you named two chemo and radiation. The third one also is surgery. Yeah. Okay. Or uh, or like we said, um, holistic. Yeah, we're gonna talk about that. I'm talking oh, about the ones the doctors. The get. doctors. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> and we're gonna the talk poison. We were talking about poison. Okay. <laughs> we're, gonna talk, we're, gonna, we're gonna talk about our treatment. Okay. Uh, that could you know you know accompany those Western practices. Yeah, it could be a collaborative effort between Absolutely. because I definitely um, believe in Western medicine when something has progress past the point where you can't slow roll your treatment options. Right. Sometimes you have so to get it done. So the stage might determine oh, whether definitely or not you the can go stage. full holistic or or yeah, I, I need chemotherapy, I need radiation and I need to move into a raw vegan community. All that. Absolutely. So, um so let's talk about what exactly is radiation and chemo. I I <laughs> Chemo to me is just poison they put in your body to kill the cancer, supposedly. Um, <laughs> girl, you're talking to somebody who just, it's just, a, it's a cocktail of poison to, to, to kill the cancer. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's important to note that, you know, chemo is a cocktail of drugs that's meant to kill the cancer, but, but unfortunately it, kills. it can't target the cancer, no. right? No. So it's actually just like weight loss. You know how people are like, Lisa, how do I lose the weight in my belly? I just want to lose the weight in my thighs. And unfortunately, you can't target the fat. You just got to work out, eat right, and, mm -hmm. you know, the fat will come off. But there's not certain exercises I can do that to tell you this mm -hmm. particular exercise will burn fat only in your stomach and help you keep your arms and legs. Right. right? Yeah. So that's exactly what chemo is. Yeah. It, it can't the target the cancer. Cells, right. It's just going to go for everything. It's killing all the cells. It's killing all the cells. And so yeah. that's why we see you know, immune system completely yeah. compromised, completely. right? It's a, chemotherapy is, is an immunosuppressant, essentially, Oh, right? my gosh. Um, it's going it, to suppress your immune system because it needs to come in and kill everything in hopes of killing all the cancer. Killing the cancer. Yeah, and then, and then radiation. So, basically, we're just burning the cells. It's, just, it's so destructive. And so, um, and types of chemo, too. There's, it can be even, either given through an IV uh, a vein in the uh, needle in the vein or Peels. a peel, mm -hmm. right? So when you're diagnosed, okay, you got the diagnosis. It is, you know, malignant. Now what stage am I in? Now let's talk about, you know, uh, treatment options. One common one is chemo. And mm -hmm. some of the side effects of chemo are uh, hair loss, fatigue, nausea, right? Well, these are side effects of, of all the, a lot of treatments mm -hmm. um, because chemo drugs travel typically to all parts of the body, um, and they're more useful if cancer has spread. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
All right. What about radiation? That's another type of common cancer treatment. And it's also, again, used to kill cancer cells or, or potentially slow the growth of yeah. cancer cells. That's important to note, too. Oh, slow down. Slow down the yeah. growth of them. Mm -hmm. So we, we, we're doing this extreme treatment because um, radiation can be very dangerous, right? Mm -hmm. um, but not necessarily to get rid of the cancer, but ho in hopes of maybe just slowing it down a little mm -hmm. bit, right? Um, so radiation... Um, is treatment that's like getting an x-ray um, and we're hoping that you know we again can target the cancer yeah damage the cell so that they don't um, continue to spread and multiply yeah yeah so and then surgery surgery is when like you said it's just in one isolated usually they yes. want to so if you have kidney if it's in your kidney right which is remove the best your kidney. so it's usually early yeah. stage detection yeah yeah or no not necessarily okay um because even with um, my mom's brain cancer they removed the tumor but they knew that it would still come right but they were trying to just extend her, her life. life oh so yeah you still can get surgery even um in stage four, you know, if they're just trying to buy you more time, mm. because if it's pressing on certain um, organs, yeah. we need to we need to remove this and relieve this pressure, no matter what stage you're in. Right. So yeah, you can still surgery is an option in any stage. Okay. Yeah. And um, also with surgeries, sometimes they're removing the cancer, but sometimes they're also removing the organ too, like with your yeah. breasts, right? They might. Yeah. Yeah. So they might actually remove the entire part of the body that it's. Yeah. You know. Which for some people is not ideal because the aesthetic of it, you know, their yeah. their whole breasts are gone. And sometimes yeah. people really don't go with that option. Yeah. Because you have to rebuild it's something it. something to consider. Yeah. It's something to consider um, because now my self-esteem is affected. Now yeah. I don't, you know, and now that's lowering your immunity yeah so yeah there's there's side effects to every option every option whether it's physical or mental oh 100 percent. yeah and then let's talk a little bit about the emotional side of it jay so um when your mom was diagnosed with breast cancer what stage did they diagnose her in four stage four so when they found it it was stage four yeah her cancer um glioblastoma is, is extremely aggressive and it's terminal and in the the life expectancy is extremely short mm -hmm. um and if you go past what the life expectancy is your quality of life is so poor it's not even worth mm. the preventative measures you're taking mm. so sometimes you have to look my mother was big on quality of life she didn't want to do any of the chemotherapy the radiation she didn't want to do anything and she just kept saying well i don't want to have a heart attack because i have chemotherapy right. i don't want to be nauseated because you know I, I'm getting radiation or I'm getting chemotherapy because it's not, sometimes it's not about extending your life. It's just the, it's the quality of life while you're here. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, she was, she was diagnosed in uh, stage four already mm -hmm. and it was terminal and aggressive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how, after diagnosis, how quickly before she was gone? Eight months. Eight months. Yeah. And that's with two brain surgeries, mm -hmm. two chemotherapy and radiation. Mm -hmm. 
So let's talk about the emotional impact um, it has. And we'll get into, I want to kind of circle back around to holistic treatment. Okay. Um, and using diet, because that's the most common questions, you know, we get at Farm to Table in the Black Health Academy. Um, how should I be eating once I get diagnosed? Um, but um, I want to take a minute to talk about the emotional impact on the, the patient and on the family. Um, our family was already extremely close mm -hmm. already. We already took family vacations every year, went to, to um, camping, getting cabins with well, my mom. I mean, even when Morgan, my baby that's 14, was a literal baby, mm -hmm. two weeks old, my mother's like, listen, put, grab her stuff, get your diaper bag. We're, so we were already extremely um, close. So the impact, it's almost like we shared the, the weight um, of the grief. Mm. Um, because people think you grieve when once you lost them, but the grieving starts immediately because you already know what's going to happen. Mm. And the thing is, the way they they did us so dirty, they did us so dirty. You like I ain't about to fill this space. Mm -mm. So let me tell you what they did. It happened in California. We're all from California. Mm -hmm. We flew out there because she fainted. Basically, we had to demand, demand, demand. And this is why it's so important to have an advocate mm -hmm. and not do things like on your own. Mm -hmm. I said I wasn't going to cry. It doesn't matter. Shut up. <laughs> So basically, they told us what the prognosis was, but they didn't tell her. Mm -hmm. And they refused to tell her. Why? Well, we're we're not one hundred percent sure. So we're gonna. So you know, we're going to tell you guys ninety nine percent what it is. So basically, we had to tell her ourselves. Who? The more I think about, that's not normal, is it? No. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Why would you guys have to tell her? She's going to have all these questions. Have her, what? I don't understand. We don't know how to deliver that information. How do you deliver to your own mother that oh. you have stage four cancer and it's terminal? So you guys have to all do that? Yes. What, what doesn't make sense to me is if they weren't gonna tell her because they weren't one hundred percent sure, why would you? Why would they advise you to? They tell They just sent us on our way. That was it. This is the. This is what we think it is. We're not telling her. This is what we believe. And then we had to fly from California back home. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and that's just another part of it. Like 
would you have done a white family this way? I doubt it. Mm-hmm. How do we even know what to advise, what treatment options, what... Right, that's what I'm saying. What's followed by a slew of questions when you get a diagnosis. But it wasn't. Typically, though... Dead silence. But what I'm saying is they didn't know that. Doctors didn't know No, you absolutely didn't know that. They're supposed to be there to answer... Right, that's just like when you diagnose someone with HIV or something, there's... Immediately, you're supposed to, you know, we have counselors available, we did a... Whatever. Yeah. No, they put... They gave us the whole entire ball, like, okay... We're passing the ball, the baton on to you. Um, be well. Wow. And that was it. Wow. So on our own, we told her. On our own, we went and got a second opinion. On our own. But the emotional impact, you kind of take the lead of, I mean, you kind of follow the lead of the person impacted. Mm-hmm. So because she was strong, she just went straight into, um, let me make sure my affairs is right. Let me make sure y'all straight. Mm-hmm. And it's so important to know um, what privilege you guys had in already being a close family. Oh, my God. When I tell you already being a close, we were sleeping because I converted a room in my home um, when she went on hospital. I converted a room into my um, in my home. I had the hospital bed and all of this stuff. And we put a futon next to the hospital bed. Mm-hmm. And so me and my sisters are like sleeping on the futon together. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a round the clock. I didn't feel uncomfortable with just giving all of them a key. Mm-hmm. Like um, when I'm not here, you come in. When I, we, we worked it as if we were, I mean, as if it was a job. Mm-hmm. It was a job. Mm-hmm. Um, but our bond before was already there. So we didn't have to work on that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's so important for the relationship because everyone thinks I'm going to take care of my parent. You don't know what your parent might have to deal with. Mm-hmm. So you may need that physical support, not just emotional support mm-hmm. because it's a physically taxing job mm-hmm. to take care of someone who's losing um, some of their strength, can't walk can't do certain things that they were doing before showering them all this different stuff that you may have to start taking care of Mm so we I mean we it was a smooth and I remember when one of the preachers came and he came in and he was like it's so I've never been to um, a patient's home and it was just this peaceful I mean, we had made sure that we always had jazz playing, candles, lights dim. Mm-hmm. Just the whole environment was mm-hmm. just condu- um, conducive to a peaceful mm-hmm. mind, mind mm-hmm. As, as much as it could. But we had eucalyptus on her pillow, just everything. Mm-hmm. So, and we respected each other's opinion. Mm-hmm. We respected how the, the next person felt. If you were tired, just go leave. If you, you know, if you're the one with the strength today, you do it. So... You know, we work together well. And, and and because you know how our whole crew is kind of say what we feel. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, we're not really sensitive. So we can say things to each other mm-hmm. and not worry about offending the other person because it's not about us right now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the moral of that story is your 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 relationship with your siblings or if, if it's you know you and your niece or cousins or whoever will be in that circle of care mm-hmm. your relationship with that person is important yeah and that's super important and it's interesting because one of the first questions I've been told from people who work in like you know the oncology ward or whatever is that one of the first questions they ask after they diagnose you is 
what type of support do you have? What oh, it's critical. Who's it's in critical. your support circle? Who will be taking this journey with you? Yeah. Right. And so the emphasis on relationships here is huge. You yeah. Know, we can talk about the science of cancer and all that and chances of living. You can be in stage one and it escalates to terminal. Because of stress. And you can be in stage worry. Two, three and we get you back to wholeness. Like, don't think that it's just the numbers that determines your life expectancy. Um, mm -hmm. It is so important to understand that it is the entire social circle. You guys know, um, if you've listened to me speak or teach that, social relationships, your, your relationships are what determines, you know, your how long you're going to live and the quality of your life without a cancer diagnosis. It's even 10 times more important with a cancer diagnosis. And so you guys just heard Jay, you know, display how important that is and how rare I'm sure that scenario is for yeah, the family to be able to come together and work so seamlessly like that. Mm -hmm. But and let me put emphasis on this as well. A lot of people fight over money and assets. Um, if you're a person that who has been diagnosed or or just anyone, basically, because we all, you know, ha have an expiration date and a lot of us have children. Please put those things. Um, please write it out. Please have your life insurance policy, who it's going to go to um, have your will, because she really, really made it to where we couldn't fight purposely. Mm. We she called us all in a room and said, what do you want out the house? Now, this is something that mo a lot of people can't do because they can't deal with their own mortality. Right. But, you know, what do you want out the house? Jay, I'm appointing you um, the person who is going to be responsible to distribute the money between this is what you're going to get. This. OK, you're going to get the car. OK, you. So there was nothing to fight over. There was not that is so disrespectful to you can't even a lot of people can't even mourn right because they're so busy fighting over. She said that's one thing you will not do. You will not fight over any type of money or any type of assets at all. Mm. So we're gonna go ahead and get this out the way. Yeah. Y'all gonna have a new normal. Yeah. But that's not gonna be part of that's it. That's not gonna be an issue. No. Right. And it wasn't. Right. And it's important to note too, like okay, this in this case, you know, your mom's cancer was terminal. There may be loved ones who are going through this where their survival rate is higher mm -hmm. and they come out of it and now relationships are destroyed, even though, you know, oh, you're still living. And, and but we but the fight wasn't maybe over how assets were going to be distributed. I carry more of the weight. I did more than exactly. you. I made I made uh, more errands. I picked up the food. I took her to the doctor's appointment. Absolutely. Oh, I hear it all the time. Work on y'all relationships. That is a huge part of surviving a diagnosis. Yes. Yeah. Work on y'all relationships. It is so important. And just like any other competitive sport, the way you win this game is in the off season. So right now, are you blessed to not have a diagnosis? Right now, is everybody in your family or your intimate circle healthy? Right now is the opportunity to work on it. Not when something happens. When you get on the court during playoffs, it's too late. Work and on also, it now. be a person who people want to help out, you know? Oh, I remember when someone went to the doctor. Yeah, when someone went to the doctor. I mean, the hospital, they had like a minor surgery. They had to be there for five days and was pissed because no one came to visit them. No one visits you when you're not in the hospital. You think they're going to start visiting you now? Listen, you, 
They didn't show you love when you wasn't because you wasn't show y'all didn't have a relationship. So it doesn't even begin. It doesn't begin when you go in the hospital. That's you so have true. to nurture these relationships outside of it. I know for a fact if one of us went to the it would be no question, no doubt, when Troy went to the hospital, we were all there. I mean, we, everybody came, whole family, kids. Yeah. I mean, you have to have these relationships before. It doesn't just start when some because what will happen is something happens, people feel sorry for you, they come see you a day in, day out. It, it, they're not going to advocate for you or continuously check on you yeah. if, if you haven't built these relationships before. Yeah. You know, it was so funny. Last night we were watching a sitcom and um, it was two girlfriends and they were arguing, mm -hmm. right? And, um, you know, when they were, they were calling each other names and stuff and just, it was just a really heated argument. And, um, you know, so he was like, oh, that's how y'all girls arguing, how y'all, mm -hmm. you know, how y'all work stuff out. And I was like, oh, no, I don't do that with my friends. I was like, me and my friends actually don't argue at all. None. I was like, at all. He was like, yeah, and you probably got so many friends. That wouldn't even be an issue because one girl was accusing the other girl of not having any friends. <laughs> and he's like, you got so many friends. That probably wouldn't even happen. And I was like, "Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like I'm not hurting in that department. Right. And and I never will be. Mm -hmm. And I'm and I'm 100% sure of it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> Like, okay, come through with the confidence. Oh, I'm so confident <laughs> in my relationships. I'm like, I'm, I make friends easily. I believe in new friends. But not only that, I work to maintain my current friends. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Just like the other morning when I called you and we got to chatting and you called me right back and was like, wait, what did you call me for? And I was like, oh, just to tell you to have a good day. <laughs> that was crazy. As soon as you called me, I was all geeked up. Like, what it do? Man, I'll be getting up phone calls in the morning. Oh, like, yeah. what? You oh, calling me at what, seven? Hey, you, you know how I believe in obedience. If yeah. I wake up and somebody's on my mind, I am obedient. I'm like, why am I thinking about Jay at 7 o'clock in the morning? Well, I know she up. Let me call and just have a, tell her have a good day at work. And that, I mean, it's simple stuff like that. You pour into your relationships and it makes such the difference because you're right. You never know when you're going to need somebody and you want to be that person that people are literally tripping over themselves to help. What my therapist say, you can live off blessings. You got to do it right. You Let's say it again. You can live off lessons. And what that means is I don't, just like Lisa has confidence that she will never be friendless and she will never have toxic friendships. I have absolutely, just like when I gave you that example, when I went bike riding um, and I realized I didn't have my wallet and I panicked for two seconds. And then I was like, but all my friends got money. Like, <laughs> I got my phone. I got my phone, and because I got my phone, I got my friends. So if anything I need at this moment is, <laughs> I just call them. Ain't that some big facts? Oh, I just relax instantly. I have friends, big facts. And so therefore, if my wallet is left, I'm still good. Yeah. And that felt <laughs> amazing. <laughs> All right, we got to get back on the topic. Though. Yeah. No. No. I mean, we still are working on relationships. That's a huge part of diagnosis. Now, um, one of the things you know, I wanted to talk to. Uh, the people who might get the diagnosis, but I'm gonna say this real quick, and then we I want to talk about holistic. Real well, quick. you know what? Hold on, pause it for real quick. And I know you don't do stuff for pats on the back, but let me tell y'all. <laughs> <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> so when my mother was sick, I, oh, me and my sister, we all of us went on FMLA. Um, I was not getting paid at all, like no money. Um, Lisa over in China, that was crazy that you left right when that happened. Yeah. Um, and. Without even asking, and Lisa knows how I am about getting things, getting things that I need. Like, I'll ask you to uh, shoot me to the, you know what I'm saying? Something petty. Yeah. But things that I really need, I have a huge problem. 
And she called me like, listen, I ain't got time to be playing games with you. My mom on my way, on her way to give you some money to help you with your bills. Uh, call her. <laughs> like, I ain't about to, like, just looking out, man, that, that built so many strong relationships at that time. Yes. So many people came through. So many people showed love. Yes. And you get to really see people show up for yeah, you. Absolutely. You know, that's another silver lining. I really saw people show up. I remember my friend Nadia called me like, you okay? I'm like, yeah. She was like, you want me to come over, take you out to get somebody to do anything? I said, no. I looked out. She pulling up. Like, I am. <laughs> <laughs> but I am, though. But that's important with black women. Black women, we, like you just said in the beginning, I just, it's hard for me to ask. It's hard. Not even, not only is it hard for us to ask for the help, it's hard for us to say yes when we ask for it, but somebody know we need it. Just like you said, Nadia said you need it, and you still saying no. Yeah. Here's the thing. When people, when someone's going through anything, this is not just related to cancer or sickness, but when someone's going through anything and you say, well, do you need anything? Our, your mind is not right. You don't know what you need. Sometimes if you got friends that's going through, like when Saran, our friend house burnt down, we just showed up with clothes, shoes, money, everything. She didn't ask us for anything. Yeah. She didn't know what to ask us for. Yeah. Where do I start? I need it all. I need it all. Yeah. And I don't even know I need it until you give it to me. Yeah. And I don't even know what's priority. At all. Yeah. So when someone has is devastated, traumatized, mourning, grieving, please stop asking them what they need. They don't know. Mm -hmm. If you know they have small kids, go go pick the kids up. Go just and if they don't they're not the type that want their kids to leave, say, you know what, we're gonna be outside. You know, I'm gonna let the kids run around, give you a minute. Start stepping up and deciding yes. for them what they need. And they'll at that time tell you no. Seriously. Yeah. But give them the option of saying thank you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. sometimes you have to determine what a person needs. Yeah, I agree. And so when it comes to somebody who got diagnosed, I know one of the questions that comes up for um, a lot of people is why me? What did I do wrong? Right. Was it, you know, was it the way I was living? Was it, you know, something I ate? Is it my DNA, my genetics? What did I do wrong to warrant this diagnosis? And we oftentimes... Um, take a lot of time out to allow those thoughts and those uh, feelings and those emotions to happen. Guys, let it happen. Like let, I think a lot of times we want to hop in and save somebody and protect them to through, from going through the different stages of grief, right? Um, because you don't just grieve, you know, through a death, you grieve the loss of health, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's important to allow a person who just got diagnosed uh, to go through those different stages, right? They're going to question, they might question their faith. They're going to question, you know, what was the point of me working out all these years or trying to eat right? They're going to question so many things. Um, or if this is you, you know, you've been through this, but that has to happen. That's a part of the process. Now, we don't want to dwell and stay there for too long, but it has to happen. There are so many different emotional stages to being diagnosed um, with, with cancer or anything, with any with any condition or any disease and so um we and and also just like it's important for your relationships to be strong prior to something big like this happening it's extremely important for you to have um emotional intelligence prior to something like this happening you know the way you navigate a major diagnosis by cancer uh, like cancer um and how you're able to get through it emotionally is partly determined by how strong you were emotionally prior to the prognosis, prior to the diagnosis. And so it's so important that 
again, we're doing the work in the off season to make sure we're working on our self-awareness. You got to do the personal development work. Are you tuned in to who you are? Do you know fully who you are? Do you know what type of person you are? Do you know what needs need to be met from the people in your circle, right? We're usually attracted to people, um, who are the opposite of us. That's why yin and yang exist in the, in the universe, right? And so I'm more structure and I'm more cerebral. So the people that I attract in my life are actually more emotional, right? And so it, your balance, how, you, how you're balanced out with the people in your life, you need to know that. You might not know that about yourself. So put yourself um, in a situation where you can begin to do the work to develop the emotional intelligence so that way you can emotionally properly navigate um, these, these big things that life is going to throw at us. Right. I think that is so, so important because you can spiral into such a major depressive state when you get a diagnosis like cancer. Yeah, because typically mo most people are walking around already at a six, seven and, and, mm. and your, your um, cap is 10. Mm. So if you're starting out at the ground level, which is zero, you start your morning, you start your day off, you start your life is typically at a zero, mm -hmm. which means you're pretty primarily stress free for the most part mm -hmm. um, you're doing self-development you're doing things that are uh, mindful mm -hmm. and peaceful mm -hmm. so you're not already starting off already stressed already so you can't tolerate too much more on top of that mm -hmm. you know it's that's why it's so important like you said to already be doing the work yeah if you already have this narrative the this ideology that um, I need to meditate I it's 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 it keeps my stress level down. I need to spend quality time with people who add value to my life. You're going to already lean on them. Yeah. You're going to already do some of the things. I'm not saying there won't be any pause. Yeah. Like you're going to get diagnosed with cancer one day and then you're going to go right back to. But eventually, it's just like a, like your kids. Yeah. You teach them all you can teach them. They may wild out for a minute, but they usually come back 360 mm. to what they've been taught. Mm -hmm. And the same things with the, the same thing is... Um, applicable to yourself there may be a time when you go off the the gray off the rail with the way you think normally yeah but eventually you're going to come back to the way who you truly are because at this point now it's a core value yeah absolutely. and you and it's harder to not do it yeah so people like just like my mom she was still going to the gym knew it was terminal Still eating healthy. Knew it was terminal. Mm -hmm. But it's so hard to to just flip out straight from, from who those you principles. are. Absolutely. You, 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 once you have a foundation, it, it is. It's very hard. So yeah. when people ask, well, how I, I, I just can't see myself not eating ice cream. I can't see myself not eating fried chicken. I can't see myself. You'll get to a point if you if you literally discipline yourself and you do the work, mm -hmm. it will get to the point where it's hard to do those things. Yes. Because now who you are, the core of who you are is incongruent. The, with you, that the, the chemistry in your body is different. Yes. I mean, physiologically, psychologically, you're a different person. Absolutely. And so now it's hard to do, imagine yourself doing those things. I can't even imagine myself doing those things. Yes. Absolutely. I used to, that, that I used to, um, couldn't imagine myself not doing it. Uh, isn't that something? Yeah, it's crazy. Isn't that something? You are not the same version of yourself today that you were a year ago. Not only do your cells die and regenerate, you know, all your organs do. 
physically, emotionally, the chemistry change, who you're around changes your chemistry. If you get love in your life, that changes your chemistry. If you lose love, that changes your chemistry. We are not, they say people don't change, but you can change. Yeah. You truly can change, you know. Um, I want to end by uh, on the nutrition piece, Jay. I want to talk a little bit about um, how to treat this thing from a nutritional standpoint. So we talked about Western medicine treatments, which is chemo, radiation, and surgery. Mm-hmm. We talked about what needs to happen emotionally. We talked about what needs to happen socially in your mm-hmm. relationship. These are all forms of treatment, just to be clear, right? All treatment is not chemical, right? A lot of treatment um, is emotional and social. Um, but I, I want to talk about uh, dietary. You know, that's our lane. You know, me and Jay are um, plant-based vegans, and we believe strongly and heavily in the power of plants to help heal, to prevent, to restore health. And so one of the most common questions I've gotten in the past couple months, just literally a a woman who graduated from my my summer farm to table course, um, our final call, she said, you know, I just want to touch bases with you again about exactly how I should begin to eat to, you know, go through through this potential cancer diagnosis. Um, And Here's what you need to know about cancer. One of the top things that causes cancer to uh, grow and metastasize is refined sugar. So if you or somebody you love are diagnosed, I need you to take all refined sugar out of their diet immediately. Immediately. So refined sugar is white sugar, brown sugar, cane sugar, turbinado sugar, coconut sugar, raw sugar, Sugar in the raw, like let's be clear. <laughs> raw sugar. What about sugar in the raw? <laughs> right, 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 right. Like little Lisa, but it comes. It's the cane sugar. It says it's, right. It's coconut sugar. Yes, it's coconut sugar. It's beet sugar. Right. All of these things. Understand that the original source of it is extremely healthy. The beet is healthy. The coconut is healthy. The issue comes when we extract and we isolate these things. Now we've increased the potency of the sweetness, and most importantly, we've detected it from its fiber we've detached it from all its other vitamins and minerals that stopped it from being a narcotic now Mm -hmm. once you extract and isolate a substance from a plant it can be potentially a narcotic just like heroin Mm -hmm. (laughs) with the poppy plant right cocaine from the cocoa plant right sugar from the sugar cane y'all got it okay so the sugar has to go and and here's the difficult part jay i've heard uh actually a hospital administrator say um who works in the oncology ward when people are diagnosed, because it's so damaging emotionally, we want them to hold on at least to one thing they love. So we let them eat the McDonald's. We let them eat the Burger King. We encourage them to eat the cookies and the cake. I feel two ways about that, honestly. Um, I do feel as if that can be a thing. Because everyone, and I've said it before, we're always going hard, you know, eat this way, eat this way for a longer life. Everyone doesn't want a longer life. Everyone is not trying to extend their life. Some people just really want to be happy until the three or four months of their um, their cancer declines, I mean, mm-hmm. declines their health. Mm-hmm. I, so, I, yeah, I feel like eat the cookies. I feel like eat the cake. There's so no it, it need comes down you. to whether or not they want to live. It comes down to are you really trying to reverse this thing? Like, are you fighting, fighting? Are you fighting, fighting? Now, if you're fighting, fighting, then yes, let's get, you know, pull our bootstraps up, tighten up our, you know, but it's, it's certain people who just literally are just trying to be mentally, 
physically comfortable. And I can't, I keep using my mom as an example, like, but my mother did not drink. My mother wasn't a drinker. She was a very, very, very infrequent drinker. Mm -hmm. But her, she called Mina the mixologist. Mina would come over every single day mm -hmm. and make her a drink. Mm -hmm. And they would drink it together. Mm -hmm. Just her different brands. Okay, my I got some pomegranate liqueur in it. And they would have a, a, a different drink every day. Mm -hmm. So there was no need for me to say, Mom, you can't be drinking liquor. It has it's high in sugar. Because it, it right now it's about how you feel. Mm -hmm. Your memories. Our memories. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I agree to a certain point. Now, if you're fighting and you're in stage two and you're battling this thing, don't be out here talking about because I love cake and it's no that cake is detrimental to you yes so I, it depends for me honestly yeah and so you got to know you got to know where if you the stand person, yeah you got to know where you stand if you're the one diagnosed and you got to know where your loved ones stand if they're the ones diagnosed yeah because some people will push that cake off on that's you. what I my you know you you know you love that cake trying to make themselves feel better you know what I realized people and it and it upsets me and it makes me laugh at the same time mm -hmm. Has someone ever came up to you and was like, smile, you oh, know, yeah. it can't be that bad. Yeah. That irks me so First bad of all, yes, it because can. it can be. And two, if I just put a smile on my face right now for you, this is for you. You're just trying to make yourself feel better. Mm -hmm. You don't care about my mindset, how I really feel, what I'm going through. Mm -hmm. That smile, people just want that instant gratification mm -hmm. of seeing you smiling so they can go about their day. Mm -hmm. You're not interested. Mm -hmm. You're not interested. Mm -hmm. So, where did that come from? Your anger. Okay. Moving <laughs> on. <laughs> no, it left. It, what, we just, what was we talking about before I said that? Pushing, pushing things oh, up to yeah. people that may be detrimental for their health. Yeah. Make you feel better. Because a friend that just recently lost her son said people, even because she's smiling, like she's has a smile, like she's finding different reasons. People want her to be crying when they come over so that they can find comfort in themselves to comfort her. Mm -hmm. They don't want to come over and she's just, you know, not needing, okay. not needing them the way they thought they, that, that she would. Mm -hmm. So people have sometimes selfish reasons for your emotions. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. Because your emotions is dictating how I feel about myself right now. Yeah. So yeah, people will... I'm gonna try to talk about my anger. No, I had a valid. I had a valid ooh, point. Oh, your neck. Yeah, I'm doing my neck and my hand <laughs> and the clap. Calm down. <laughs> Listen, calm down. It's too no, early. No, it's not too early. You're right. It's not too early. It's 8 a.m. You're right. Um, and, we, and okay. So a couple other things. So again, this is this is for people who are fighting, fighting. Okay. Because um, Jay is absolutely right. Sometimes people just want to be made comfortable, and it is what it is. But for those of you who are fighting, fighting, absolutely no refined sugar. The second thing that causes cancer to metastasize, which is really huge, which is all animal products. So all animal products um, contain something called IGF-1, right? Um, and this is going to cause cancer to grow as well. Um, and this is not something that's injected in the animal. This occurs naturally. We as humans have IGF-1 in our bodies. We have more of it when we're younger as we're growing to adults. Then when we reach adulthood and we're not growing as fast, uh, we have lower amounts of IGF-1 in our body unless we're eating it from other animals. And so when you eat animals, you have this IGF-1 that causes, again, um, sales to grow, right? So that includes cancer sales. So one of the best ways to combat a cancer diagnosis is essentially to adopt a whole food plant-based vegan diet that's 100% absent of all animal products. Let me be clear, that is all meat, poultry, seafood, 
dairy, and eggs, okay? Um, and then also to adopt a diet that's um, free of refined sugars and processed foods. Now, those are the things you want to remove out of the diet to combat cancer. The things that now we are talking about things you want to put in the diet, right? Because that's mm -hmm. important too. Sometimes mm -hmm. we think removing things makes you healthy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, you got to now actually eat the plants, y'all. Um, I uh, have a good friend who went raw vegan when she got diagnosed with breast cancer. She was on the wheatgrass, you know, she was on, you know, all of the, um, the sea vegetables, the sea moss, all of those things. So well, now we're talking about herbals and plants. So things that are very high, number one, in antioxidants. Antioxidants is what kills free radicals, right? So you want a diet that's colorful. You want a diet that's varied, right? Variety of different types of plants. You can't just, you know, do that thing off of kale and spinach. You're going to have to explore the plant kingdom as much as possible. Um, and then those, um, again, antioxidants are going to be really, really important. But also, this is important to note too, uh, and this is a bit of a gray area, but cancer cells are still cells and they still thrive off of vitamins and minerals. Mm -hmm. So sometimes we believe if a lot is good, if a little is the good, then a lot be must better. be better. Yeah. That's not true. Yeah. So the more vitamins and minerals you have, those are also feeding the cancer cells mm -hmm. and can grow. Mm -hmm. with those two yeah and expound on the the you touched on it but expound on the different um type of antioxidant because some people will say i'm eating my antioxidant I'm, i eat blueberries every day mm -hmm. so how important it is to eat different colors yeah for their yeah because, yeah so the color of the fruit or the vegetable determines the um, nutrients that it provides, right? So a green pepper is different from a red pepper, right? Mother Nature didn't make it that way just so you can have something pretty to look at. Literally, the vitamins and minerals determines the pigment of the fruit or the vegetable. And so it is so important to eat a variety of like what a blueberry does is very different from what a mango does or from what a spinach leaf does, right? They all have different types of antioxidants, right? That um, combats cancer and our body makes antioxidants, but it doesn't make enough to combat the amount of free radicals that we typically have in our body in modern day. Because we live in these really industrialized communities with, you know, buildings and constructions all around, so many vehicles on the road, right? That's a bunch of toxic and gases, right? Um, the food that we eat is so processed and manufactured um, that it's full of chemicals. So the amount of toxins that we're exposed to on a daily basis, our body simply cannot make enough antioxidants mm -hmm. to combat it. So we have to supplement with diet, right? Um, and so you need to eat the rainbow. So you need reds, yellows, orange, green, um, some, some purples in your diet. All of those colors are important. It's not just the green, right? Every color matters. So eating the rainbow is going to be extremely important and not only varying what you eat, but varying how you eat it. Everything should not be cooked. I personally eat raw food every day. Man, we don't have time for our food description today, Jay, but I made this bomb veggie sandwich. Oh, I've been craving a veggie sandwich too. <gasps> I could have made you I've one. I've been craving. You know what? You, you've been promising me a lot of food. Shut up. I'm, at <laughs> this point, I need my lasagna. I need my Popeye. And now I need my sandwich. I mean. This is not the time to be calling me out on my empty promises. Listen. <laughs> I, let I'm me sorry, tell y'all the raw the raw meal I had yesterday. Now it's partly raw because I mean that it was made with bread, right? Um, but other than that, that was only seven grain was, bread, right? Whole grain yeah. sprouted, 
Yeah, you already know how we do. No sugar, no nonsense. I just wanted to be clear because people go ahead and grab whole oh, wheat bread it's full of sugar. And get that nonsense. No, I don't know. No Sara Lee, none of that commercial brown berry, all of that nonsense. No, that's all full of sugar and crap. I don't care what the front of the package says. But listen, on my sandwich, Jay, I actually had um, a, a alfalfa sprouts, mm-hmm. avocado, mm-hmm. beets. Wait a minute. Did you toast your bread? Of course I toasted my oh, okay. bread. Okay. Huh? All right. I just, I just had to make sure. Kind of silly question. It was very silly. Who making sandwiches without toasting their bread? I don't know. I had to check. Lord be with them. Okay, so so I had the alfalfa sprouts. Mm-hmm. I had the avocado. Mm-hmm. I had beets. Mm. Come on, antioxidants, right? Raw beets. Yeah. Okay. No, no, no. The beets um you have us buying. Really? Yeah. I put I sliced them up real thin. Uh, I was just in. So the is it like a pickle, or what? Like the beet? Yeah, I never had that on a sandwich. You know how you just put them in your salad? Yeah. I just put them on a sandwich. Okay, sorry. Don't look it at was me. literally a salad in a sandwich. Oh. <laughs> the pride. <laughs> the joy. The pride. Can you see my eyes gleaming? Yes. Hello. Go on. <laughs> I'm feeling healthy. Listen, I told you what I ate now. Um, so what else I have on there? So um, I had some vegan mayo. Mm-hmm. I had some Dijon mustard. Mm. Um, and I put a little uh, vinaigrette on there. Mm. Right? Mm. Right? Uh, and spinach wow jay i've never done i always feel like it has to be some type of like i would have to have sauteed some mushroom to give Something it a, a meaty. little more meaty yeah jay because when you toast it and you press it like a panini mm-hmm. and then i put the the cloths and pickles on the side oh my gosh i'm not even sure i made two of them wow i'm not even sure how i'm saying you've been doing the right things because you've been getting all type of like <laughs> Life perks. <laughs> can we call them life perks? We can. We can. Absolutely. That is nice. So that's the raw food I ate yesterday, guys. So eating raw food every day is so important. Because mm-hmm. even when you buy fresh food and you cook it yourself, you're processing it. That's a way of processing it. And that's, you know, minimally processed. That's the safest way to process food is doing it yourself. But eating food in its raw form is so beneficial because um, you are getting uh, all of those vitamins and minerals intact. They have not been molecularly disrupted. And so everything is intact. Um, and it's 100% bioavailable to your body, meaning your body will absorb those vitamins and minerals and go to work for you. And so it's so important that every day, every time you eat is a lost opportunity to eat something healthier, right? The opportunity cost that comes with eating. Every time you eat is opportunity to really feed your body some raw materials that's going to either help reverse that cancer or to prevent it. Okay, and if one final thing I want to say about cancer, Jay, because I know you got to go, is the word remission. Mm-hmm. Remission does not mean you no longer have cancer. Right. Remission, not even with cancer, remission with any diagnosis means that your disease is not killing you right now. Mm-hmm. That's what remission means. So understand that, yes, absolutely, 100%, we celebrate remission. But don't think you're celebrating the being woods. cured. No, you are not out of the woods. And so if it's in remission, congratulations, you've done the work to fight that thing. But we know and we've heard about people it coming back 10 times stronger sometimes, yeah. right? Remission does not mean you are cured. So you have to work even harder to keep it in remission. Yes. It's so important. So how you eat. It's one of the leading ways to make sure you've given yourself a fighting chance or somebody you love a fighting chance. So please, please, please 
um, look into a whole food plant-based vegan diet to do that. I, Jay, we are health coaches. We're more than happy to help you through this process. Listen, if you're listening to this before September 14th, 2020, I have three seats left in my next Farm to Table course. Farm to Table is my six-week intensive that teaches you how to adopt a whole food plant-based vegan diet. We have three seats remaining. It's starting on Monday, September 14th. This is virtual. So wherever you're listening to in the world, you can join this class and come get this health. It is going to be on Monday nights from 7 to 9.30 p.m. Uh, the cost is $3.99 or three payments of $133. Okay, you can go to farmtotablecourse.com and enroll. That's P-H-A-R-M to tablecourse.com. Farm, just look in the uh, show notes here. Click on the link. Grab you one of those seats if it's not already sold out. Um, it's really important. We last semester we had 25 black women. I, I've never been more happy. Oh my God, it's insane what well, we're taking from the table. Also, from the table, you can earn continuing education credits for taking this um, plant-based nutrition course. If you are a social worker, we you get 14 continuing education credits. If you are a personal trainer or a health coach certified through NASM or AFAA, you get 1.9 continuing education credits. And then, if you are interested in becoming certified in plant-based nutrition. When you take my farm to table course, you've met the first requirement to then get certified by me in plant-based nutrition. So y'all better come get this health. Three seats left. And it's important to note, this is the last class I'm teaching in 2020. It's the last class I'm teaching in 2020. Farm to table is coming back better and stronger in 2021. So y'all better come get this health. It's a lot going on. Jay, final words about cancer to the people. Save the black community. No pressure at all. None. 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 These final words is what's going to save them. So. <laughs> Don't be afraid of hard work. Don't be afraid to go against um, societal norms mm. for a better version of yourself um, without a diagnosis. Mm. You don't need it. Don't skip out of your doctor's office smiling because you haven't been diagnosed with anything. Mm. Being we've, we've always said the absence of disease is not the presence of health. You still have... Everyone has um, work to do. If you have someone in your family, and all of us do, who even if you know it or not, who has, um, you have it in your history, you have it in your um, DNA, not your DNA, genetics. Um, you quick with it. <laughs> Family history. Oh. And, and everyone's family history, whether you know it or not, because everyone doesn't give the information. Well, my grandmother was healthy as a horse. Was she? Or did she just not put that burden on you to know she was dealing with heart disease, to mm. know she was dealing with high mm. cholesterol, to know she had diabetes? She Why would you, 45 years younger than her, know what she was dealing with? Mm hmm you don't know. Sometimes you don't know what's in your family history. It's in your best interest to act like it's in your bloodline and to do everything you can every single the day. Because acting like it. You said that because the, they sure are. They sure are. They assume that it's in your family history, mm -hmm. except they don't want to help you. They just want to keep you alive long enough to keep their pockets lined. Some they don't want to keep you yes. healthy. Yes. If your doctor is not giving you an option of how to reverse and get off the um, off the medication, they are not trying to give you optimal health. It's your job. Yeah, if your Ultimately, doctor ain't educating you on how to get off the medication, it, you need a yes. new doctor. So basically, my word of the day is go forward with trying to obtain optimal health. I don't care if you're diagnosed. I don't care if you um, aren't diagnosed. It is your job to make sure that the people in your life has a positive influence and that every day you are working on yourself to maintain or achieve optimal health. Till next time, be, be well. well.